Hey, everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the CNN political briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Tuesday, September 22nd. It is all systems go for Donald Trump's next nominee to the United States Supreme Court. We'll discuss that. Plus, Amy Coney Barrett. That's the circuit court judge who is at the very top of Donald Trump's list to replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And finally today, Michael Bloomberg's big Florida play. The chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, Lindsey Graham, who's in a tough re-election battle of his own in South Carolina this year, made it clear on Fox News last night that he's got the votes and that Mitch McConnell has the votes to move forward with replacing Ruth Bader Ginsburg on the Supreme Court before Election Day. We'll see if the timing of the confirmation hearings and the actual vote on the floor occurs before or after Election Day. But the point is, the election itself is irrelevant to this process, according to President Trump and Mitch McConnell. And they are moving ahead with their plan with the support of nearly every Republican senator, including Mitt Romney, who, you know, voted for one of the articles of impeachment against Donald Trump earlier this year. So no Trump fan in Mitt Romney. Everyone was waiting to see if he was going to join Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski and buck his party on this and buck his president on this. But that is not the case. He made it crystal clear to my colleague Manu Raju. I've indicated that what I intend to do is to uh, proceed with the consideration process. And if a, a nominee actually reaches the floor, that I will vote based upon the qualifications of that nominee. Obviously, being this close to an election, it makes sense that there are questions about whether or not a Supreme Court nomination should indeed be impacted by the election. But let's be honest. If the Republicans, under Senator McConnell's leadership back in 2016, did not sit on the Scalia vacancy and prevent Merrick Garland from getting a hearing, Obama's nominee at the time, it probably would not be as heated a conversation as it is right now. The reality is Donald Trump was elected president for a four-year term. And part of a president's responsibility, no matter when in that four-year term it may occur, is to make nominations to the Supreme Court when vacancies exist. So it's probably not very wise to have ever thought in this process that somehow Trump was not going to be able to move forward with this. But you clearly hear now in Romney's voice, in Cory Gardner's voice, in Chuck Grassley's voice, some of those who waited until just the last day or so to make their intentions known on this. Uh, Mitch McConnell does seem to have all the votes he needs to move forward with this critical nomination. Now, here's what else matters today. There is a leading contender who is right now the most likely nominee to replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg on the court, and that is Judge Amy Coney Barrett, a federal appellate judge and a Notre Dame law professor. This seems to be Donald Trump's pick of the moment. We'll see. He says he's going to make his announcement on Saturday, but he met with Amy Coney Barrett at the White House yesterday. All reports are it was a very good meeting. He was very impressed with her. We know she was under consideration back in 2018 when Kavanaugh ended up getting the nomination. So it's somebody that Donald Trump has made himself familiar with during the course of his presidency, including putting her on the appellate circuit that she currently serves on. She is the mother of seven children and a former law clerk to Antonin Scalia. She is a darling of not just right-wing conservatives, but really religious conservatives as well. She has uh, 
made her Catholicism central uh, to her sort of public persona and uh, no doubt in her uh, personal life as well. And in fact, it was her religious convictions that came under some scrutiny and questioning before the Judiciary Committee when she was nominated for the appellate circuit. Here is Senator Dianne Feinstein, Democrat of California, questioning her. The conclusion one draws is that the dogma lives loudly within you. And that's of concern. I have little doubt this line of questioning will indeed be even more robust should she become Donald Trump's nominee and have another hearing before the Judiciary Committee, this time for a Supreme Court appointment. And I have no doubt that She's going to give a very similar answer to what she gave here, which is she's not going to allow, she says, her religious personal convictions to impact her jurisprudence, that those are two separate spheres. I would just bet we're going to see a lot more scrutiny and a lot more focus this time around on her religious affiliations and on her belief system and how it would be possible for it to not impact her jurisprudence. And finally today, Michael Bloomberg's millions being put to work in Florida, the mother of all battleground states, the biggest electoral vote prize on the battleground map. What Bloomberg's strategy is here, it's sort of uh, threefold we see coming into place now. If indeed his investment pays off and Biden wins Florida and that is able to be projected on election night, it removes such a critical piece of the puzzle for Donald Trump's path to 270 and re-election that perhaps it prevents any post-election day delay or chaos or concern that we are in a universe where it is not known who the president-elect is. That's one. Two, Michael Bloomberg going so heavily into Florida allows the Biden campaign to focus elsewhere. And then finally, today's announcement that in addition to his own $100 million, Michael Bloomberg has raised $16 million to pay the fines and restitution fees required in Florida for ex-felons to be able to vote. A lot of these ex-felons, many of them people of color who may be overwhelmingly Biden voters at the end of the day, sort of left them out of the mix of actually being able to indeed exercise their right to vote. Well, Michael Bloomberg is changing that. He's raised $16 million to pay those fines and fees for ex-felons of color and indeed allow them to go ahead and exercise their returned, restored right to vote in Florida. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com briefing. netsuite.com briefing.